explosive jab to, to the head and the body. for Spence and Harvey Dock um, said I've seen up. Here's where we're going to see the counterpunch. Tremendous work by Crawford. And then he follows up with it. And the right hook was just such an important weapon in this fight. And there's another one. And that one really spelled the end. And again, I just keep, I can't, can't say it enough. The footwork, look at how the, the space that he's creating to land, to land those big shots. When we talk about Crawford. And you know, big, big moment there for him, and always, always in position to hit. And one last look at this action in which Terrence Crawford landed punches from every angle, and even when it seems like Spence is too close for him to land the perfect counterpunch, he does it. Terrence Crawford gave his best performance on his biggest stage. He has never performed better than as, as great as many of his fights have been. So, pretty extraordinary, and that was what finally did it. Crawford's 87 jabs landed most by a Spence opponent. Terrence Crawford becomes the first male fighter to become undisputed in two divisions. Terrence Bud Crawford, who said he started fighting as a child because he was scared. Well, he is one of the scariest fighters in the sport. On top, surviving being shot in the back of the head in his car while counting his money after a dice game. Terrence Bud Crawford is number one with a bullet. Unbelievable performance. It cannot be overstated. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that was last night as I record this episode of Conversation with Shelby Green, hosted by me, Shelby Green, as I record this on this Sunday morning, because I already know what I got planned to talk about, so we're just going to talk about it. So last night, I went over to my dad's to watch the epic fight that everybody, that, that everybody that loves boxing, combat sports, wanted to see. Terrence Bud Crawford, the WBO welterweight champion versus Earl, the Truth Spence, the WBC, IBF, and um, what's the other one? But yeah, WBA welterweight champion. And guess what happened? (sighs) Bud, like I called, would stop him. Now, I will state this. I had jitters all day long. I was excited. I thought it would be a back-and-forth contest. I thought Bud would get him late, and he'd figure him out, and he'd get the win. And, of course, I would have been all about the rematch as I get a text message on my thing. I would be all about the rematch. It would be good. We'd get it rock and roll. It would be a great time. And, of course, let's break it down. So, I'm at a loss for words. I didn't expect what I saw last night. I thought Spence would beat up. I thought, excuse me. I thought Crawford would beat up Spence later in the rounds. He would find a way. Because Bud is such a damn good. Bud Crawford, to break this down for you guys, Bud Crawford can beat you anyway. He can fight you right. He can go southpaw. You want a box, he'll box you. You want a brawl, you want to, he'll brawl with you. You want to get in a phone booth, they say, and make it ugly, he will. If you want to have a fucking street fight, he will. And he's the best finisher in the game. Of boxing, and that says with the errors of Javante Tank, Tank Davis, Deontay Wilder. I mean, there's a lot of great finishers, but Terrence Crawford is the best out of all of them. Nobody finishes guys. When Ter- Terrence Crawford is like a shark in the water, when they smell blood, when he smells blood, he goes on the attack. So that being said, sold out crowd in the T-Bowl when reading in Las Vegas, Nevada, a million or a million and a half pay per view buys. What they're saying. Obviously, both guys are going to make close to between twenty to forty million dollars, probably just off the gate alone. And I'm watching the fight, and I'm excited. I'm getting jittery. I'm excited. The interest has come out. You know, Errol Spence comes out to that that the rapper that does the, the, that song, Texas. I actually worked out to that song today. It's actually a good song. And then Eminem does a walkout for Terrence Crawford, and it was you can see guys had butterflies, and you could tell guys are jittery. They're excited. The, the pre-fight interviews were Bud. Spence is all talking about, you know, I'm ready for a good fight, pulling on a show, great performance, going to be a great fight. And Bud, meanwhile, as Jim Gray's interview, he's just sitting there with his head down, Rick taping his hands up. And it's just like, what are we going to see? And first round came out. I thought it was a draw the first round. I thought that both guys did really good well on both sides. We fight. Then the second round, late in the second round, I don't know where Crawford hits Spence with a flash jab and knocks him on his ass. First time Spence has ever been touched. They finished around, and Crawford, you've seen that the, when that Spence got up, he went on the attack, and then, of course, the, the round ended. Third round, Spence comes back, but Crawford backs him up. The fourth round, same thing. Spence can't create any momentum. Crawford is steady. The fifth round. Crawford lands some combinations. Spence starts bleeding a little bit. The referee before that, I mean, the, the doctor comes out and says, do you want to do a stoppage? Then the sixth round, Spence creates a little momentum, but Crawford once again cuts him off because Spence can't touch him. And then all of a sudden, in the seventh round, Spence gets Crawford against the ropes, throws a shot, and leaves himself wide up, and Crawford pops him again and drops him. Then the seventh round, which was the nasty of the knockdown, he hit him in his ear and knocked him loose. 
And then, of course, I was sitting there with my dad, and dad is a massive Bud Crawford. My dad is a huge Bud Crawford fan. Like, I like Bud. I'm, I'm a fan of the guy. I like how he handles his business. But this guy, the way I feel about Deontay Wilder is the way my dad feels about Terrence Bud Crawford. And anybody knows who I am personally, they'll get that They'll get that assumption. But Terrence Crawford in the ninth round, I remember my dad looked at me in the eighth round and said, that, Shelby, they're going to stop this. I said, that, I ain't going to stop this. And by the way, for Earl Spence, Earl Spence was getting hit and hit, and he kept coming. He wouldn't quit. So Spence kept getting. But also at the same time, it's like, dude, like, stay down. Like, you're getting the shit beat. And it was to the point in the middle of the eighth round, I'm thinking, please stop this. Like, the, the, somebody's got to stop this. And, of course, the ninth round, Spence was just fighting on instinct. He was swinging wild. He didn't know where he was. And Bud just took advantage. And the, you go back and, like, the, I just played the the highlights on the YouTube on the Showtime. You go back and look at that final segment where in that final part of the ninth round where Bud is just hitting him with shots. It's just like Spence's head is swinging left to right. He's going it, – it's just, it's just ugly. And to the point where I was like – when they stopped, I was like, I was glad it was over. Um, post-fight, Bud talked about, you know, thanking God and – Gave a shout-out to a couple people that he's close to that he lost. And he said, yeah, prove people wrong once again. I'm, I'm undisputed. I'm a two-time undisputed champion. Two different divisions. I mean, that's pretty impressive in the four-belt four era. And then also you got uh, Earl Spence, who makes no excuse. And by the way, I was talking to when Dad and I watching. Earl Spence is from Dallas, Texas. He's very country. He's got that accent. But if you go back and watch that interview, Earl Spence sounds like he was punch drunk. He, he was like... He, he couldn't get a word out. He was stunned. And, you know, he says we're going to run it back or everything else. So here's my thoughts on this. I'm breaking this down. I don't think – I thought it would go – like I said, I thought it would go back and forth. I thought Crawford would catch him late. But I mean this. How can anyone not think Terrence Crawford is the pound-for-pound king of boxing right now? He's not the face like Javante Davis. No, 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 no. He's not the face. But who has a marquee win bigger than that? Let me break this down for you. Terrence Bud Crawford, and I want to give a shout-out to a, a good friend of mine, Antonio Howard. Shout-out to Antonio, by the way, if you were here. This. Antonio and I have been on the Bud Crawford bandwagon for a long time. I've been on the bandwagon for Crawford for a while. And we always talk about the, him and Spence ever fought. They said, Bud just meaner. Bud takes him out. People would say, man, Bud ain't fought nobody, blah, 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 blah. Bud ain't fought nobody like Spence has, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you why. People didn't want to fight Crawford because of that. What Crawford did last night. Crawford made that shit look easy. And Earl's, you will not, outside of maybe Canelo Alvarez, there's not a single boxer in this game that's better than Earl Spence Jr. or Terrence Bud Crawford. That, that I will give you that. There's not anybody on this planet as a boxer that is better, pound for pound, better than Earl Spence Jr. outside Terrence Bud Crawford. Canelo, I'll let you argue that, but that I said what I said right there. And he and Bud, 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 didn't, I didn't think Spence won a round. I thought the first round was a draw. They gave, the scorecards gave it to Spence, but I thought, plain and simple, I thought in my opinion that it, it wasn't even close. To the point I'm sitting there watching this fight like going like, God damn it, stop the fight. It was just, it, it was bad. And, you know, you know, it, it, I'm just lost for words. I knew how great Terrence Crawford was, but I didn't expect that. Wow. Incredible. And also, I want to say this before I get on to the post-fight, what I think both guys should do and everything else. Sean Porter, if you ever hear this, which you probably won't, I want to thank you. Because without Sean Porter, this fight doesn't happen. As I take a sip of my water, I'll explain real quick. 
because without Sean Porter, this don't happen. Sean Porter was the only guy for Premier Championship Boxing that went over to top rank and fought Terrence Crawford. He was the only one that had the balls to do this. Garcia, all these guys over there, Garcia, Uga, Thurman, all those guys never, they duck bud. They duck bud. I don't think Spence duck bud. I think Spence waited to see what the pay-per-view buys. He wanted to fight Pacquiao. He wanted to get paid. And I, I'm not mad at Spence. It wasn't Spence's fault. It was just uh, Premier Championship Boxing's marketing. And what happened in that fight? Sean Porter fought both guys. Kell Brook fought both guys. Let's talk with Kell Brook. Kell Brook was Earl Spence's first world championship. Spence won that world title by knocking him out. He stopped him, I think, in the ninth or tenth round. I could be wrong. Kell Brook fought Terrence Crawford years later, and Crawford stopped him within three or four rounds. Stopped him like that. Sean Porter fought Earl Spence in Los Angeles. I remember that fight. I watched my dad, and Spence... And with, if it wasn't for a late knockdown in the 11th round, that fight probably would have been a draw. Years later, a couple years later, Sean Porter fights Terrence Crawford. And Porter stopped, and I mean, excuse me, uh, Crawford stopped him in the 10th round, and thank God he did because his dad stopped the fight because that fight, Sean Porter would have got hurt. He was going to get hurt. So without Sean Porter, who I think is a class act, who's got a great podcast and does a great job, with his voice. He's Timothy Bradley, the ESPN, is what Sean Porter is to Fox. In my opinion, Sean Porter does it better. That's just my opinion. But Sean Porter, without him, this doesn't happen. So I want to thank Sean Porter because he is the one, he is maybe the biggest key factor in this that nobody talks about. Thank you, Sean, because you fought Crawford. You fought Smith. You got this fight going. Because he showed cross promotion. See, this is what I'm, and I'm going to go on a little tirade, real quick aside, and this is getting off track, but I don't care. I thought in 2020 when 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 Top Rank and Premier Championship Boxing worked together for the Wilder and Fury fight, and they promoted that fight, and it made it work. I thought we'll get more cross promotions now, and it really ain't happened. For Crawford to make this fight happen, he had to lead Top Rank, go to Black Prime, have a, a an independent company fight on that fight on that to get a shot at this. To get this to happen. And I'm just like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me like it takes all these legal actions? So, Bob Arum, Al Hampton, can you guys get your shit together? Because this is what happens when you get a super fight. Yeah, I know the outcome isn't what people thought it was going to be. But look at the crowd. Look at the money. Look at the attention it gets. You don't think this happens more when you can work together? But Bob Arum is a greedy son of a bitch. And so is Al Hampton. They're both greedy. Even at least Al Hampton will pay guys and not rip them off like Bob Arum has. I ain't a big fan of Bob Arum. The guy's been a cheat. The guy and him and Don Keene have been bad for boxing for fucking years. That's just my, and that's my opinion. If you got a problem with it, you can turn the shit off. I don't care, but it's true. I ain't lying about that. But back to what I was talking. Post-fight, I think Bud Crawford. Where does Bud Crawford rank all time? That's the question. Outside of Floyd Mayweather, my generation, he's the best fighter I've ever seen. And I'd be honest with you, and I'm, this is a hot take, and I know this is fresh nostalgia, and it's not been over. And I mean this. I think prime for prime, I think Bud Crawford is the only human being that could beat could have beat Floyd Mayweather. And I think Floyd's the only human being that can beat him too. I really believe that. They're that talented. That that They're that great. I mean it. I think Terrence Crawford unifying two... Two divisions at four-man belt is considered to be top five, ten all-time. 
I think if he does, if he goes up to Super Walter Wade and takes care of Charlo, which I think he's going to, um, I think, and if he beats Spence again, I think it's it's a legacy. I mean, he's had 18 world championship fights, and he's won every one of them. I think he stopped every one of them. I mean, it's incredible what Bud has done. Bud has done a It's insane. And I'm just glad I got to see it, and I'm just happy with it. That ass whooping last night, because it was an ass whooping. It was an ass whooping. That is the worst ass whooping I've seen in a boxing match since when Floyd, Floyd, pretty boy Floyd, not Floyd Money Mayweather, beat the living shit out of Guy Russell, Arturo Gotti. And boxing fans who know that fight know, go back and watch. It, it was so scary, similar to that. Gotti got the, God rest his soul, man. Gotti is, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to him, but that's a different story. But he got the shit beat out of him that night. Floyd, Floyd, Floyd beat the hell out of him. And it was, that was what it reminded me of. Now, Bud can fight anybody now. There's no question about it. Uh, Bud's going to get his fights now. He's 35. He'll be 36, I think, at the beginning of the year. I'm not sure when his birthday is, but whatever. But I think it's um, – I think Bud can go anywhere. Now let's talk about Spence. Here's my opinion on Earl Spence. I love I, – if Bud Crawford wasn't in this era, Spence would be the guy, in my opinion. I think he would. Um, I, I applaud Spence for not quitting last night. I applaud him for going out with going out on instinct. I mean, he just went out on instincts last night, man. That ninth round, some of the shit was going. He was he was out of it. Now, to be serious, there he said he wants to run it back in December and get this fight back. I don't know if he's flying on his way home to Dallas, Texas, right now. But if I'm Derek James, his trainer, and Derek James has got, and I'm gonna talk about him in a minute. I would really sit down with Spence and say, do you really want to run this back in December? Do you not want to wait a little bit, wait till maybe January or February? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't think what happened to him last night, That some guys don't recover from that. Deontay Wilder, guys, and look, man, Deontay Wilder fought Tyson Fury in that second fight. He got it. Wilder got his ass kicked. Wilder wore that fucking suit to the ring, got his eardrum busted. He got his ass kicked. Didn't show up to fight. And I remember the online, the next day, the online, the shit they were saying about Wilder, the shit they were running. I mean, it, as a Wilder fan, I was pissed off, but I couldn't say nothing about it. He got his ass kicked. And then, of course, in the uh, third fight, I was the only one that said Wilder's going to show up. Wilder, I, I think Wilder can knock him out, and I think Wilder is going to show up and have a better fight. And everybody, everybody thought I lost my fucking mind. I picked Wilder to win the fight. I went with my instinct. In the fourth round, it showed what Wilder can do. He dropped Fury's ass twice. And unfortunately, the sixth round broke his hand when the fight was getting pretty damn close. And he broke his hand in the sixth round. Fury, Fury wore him out and beat him. Fury's that good. Great, excuse me. Fury's great. Earl Spence now has got to go back to the drawing board, look himself in the mirror and say, I cannot go out like that. I got to go out there and I got to beat Bud Crawford. I got to take it to him. Because here's the problem. Bud Crawford figured him out within the within the the last half of the second round. He figured him out. Bud said it best. He hit me with his best shot, his power. And I thought, that's all you got? Okay, it's going to be easy then. How do you psychologically recover from that? This was so bad to the point where I was like, I was saying to the sec- after the, the second knockdown, I said, throw the towel and it's over. He, he ain't going to recover. In the eighth round, I'm saying, please stop this. Please stop this. Please stop this. And thank God the ninth round they did. 
Spence has got to look himself in the mirror. He's got to go back to the drawing board. He's got to work. He's got to figure this shit out. Now, I know he said he wants to fight at 154 instead of 147. People are saying, well, Spence looks drained. He don't look good. No, what happened was, quit making excuses. He got his ass kicked. And then I heard some people like, whoa, if it was for the car crash and the eye injury. Okay. Let's be honest. God, I'm glad he made it, but the car crash is on Spence. He was drunk, flying around Dallas, down, flying around streets of Dallas, I believe, when he did, and he flipped his fucking car. That was on Spence. That was on him. He was drunk and he did it. And he admitted he fucked up. The eye injury, it is what it is. But let's be honest. 32 to 35 years old. Spence is younger. He 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 he's he, he looks good. I mean, come on, man. Like he's in shape. Can we stop using that excuse? Stop. The eye injury, I get it. But it didn't look and against Ugas, it didn't look like this. He whooped Ugas' ass, didn't he? He whooped he whooped Ugas' ass, right? And then of course. But the moment he fights Buzz, see, Bud Crawford gets no... See, people still want to put slander on Buzz and then because he's a top-ranked guy. You know, he's not flashy. He ain't fought nobody. Even though everybody he fights, he puts them on the fucking mat. And he ends it, majority. Look what he did last night. There's no excuse. And I really believe if they fight in December, I think the same thing could happen again. Unless Spence goes into camp, works his ass off, and says, I got to figure this shit out because I can't let this happen again. That's the only way because he goes into camp with the same game plan or whatever. And I mean, he this ain't going to happen. That, that, it won't, it'll be the same results. And now you're going to look like a dumbass because it ain't going to work. That's the, that's my opinion. You got you As a fan who's watched this, and I ain't never boxed a day in my life. <laughs> I have. I'm a fan of this. I love the outside of basketball. Boxing is my favorite sport, and I will always say that. In my opinion, you got to go back. Derek James, his trainer, who, and this is another thing I got to talk about with Derek James. James has got Spence, the Charlo twins, Ryan Garcia, and Anthony Joshua. You got, you're already preparing bigger, uh, little Charlos going two weight divisions to fight Caleb, uh, to fight Canelo Alvarez here in about a, mm, about a, a little over a month. You got Ryan Garcia, who's had issues with, with, uh, who's had issues with Canelo's camp. He left, Delahoy's camp, he left. Now he's with Derek James, your trainer. He's rebuilding Garcia, trying to get him on the right track. And then you got Anthony Joshua, who should be the best heavyweight in the world, but has no aggression. And no heart, in my opinion, and a glass jaw. Now your main draw, the guy that you want, you want who you put who make you basically make your money with, loses like that. You gotta go back to drawing board and say, what did I do as a trainer that failed failed Spence? What did I do? Because let's be honest, Spence or his team did not have a backup plan that fight. You can look, they had one or two plans, but they didn't have something just in case something happened. See. They didn't have a backup plan. Crawford made that shit look so easy last night, and it's it's factual. It's just truth. As I smack my microphone, it's just the truth. I'm sorry, man. It, it is what it is. And another thing, people said, "Well, people buy the fight again." Hell yeah, I'll buy it. I'm watching again because I expect Spence to come back with a better fight. I don't think he beats Bud. I think Bud's just too damn good. But I expect that that I'll watch it. I will watch it. It's no difference, man. I'll watch it. I think Charles is going to get his ass kicked by Canelo. But I'm going to watch it. <laughs> and I think Josh was just Dylan White, I'll watch it. I'll watch that second fight. I think Josh was going to win with an uppercut because Dylan White loves gets is prone to get hit by an uppercut. 
And I'm just happy that boxing, the fans that bought that pay-per-view, I think they saw the magnitude and they saw what happened. You saw the two best fighters in the world. One guy absolutely dominated the other, but you saw the class. You saw what a badass is. And Terrence Crawford's a bad motherfucker. I'm glad I got to see it live in my lifetime. I wish it was a better fight, but circumstances, I got I picked the winner and I was right about it. Speaking of boxing, I talk about the good things about boxing, but let's talk about the bad things. I never addressed it addressed this. Tyson fucking Fury. The Gypsy King, baby. Mr. I want to unify division. Mr. I don't want to fight Usyk. There's no money in that. Or Mr. I'm going to retire, but I'm not going to retire. And now I'm going to fight Francis Nagano. You know why I consider Floyd Mayweather 49-0? Because he fought he fought uh, Conor McGregor, got his 50-0 record. Cheap way, in my opinion. I don't respect that. Still does. So I say Floyd's 49 0 because the Connor fight, it's bullshit. It, should be, it, it was bullshit. Fury's going to tad onto his record against Francis Nagano. He's going to beat the hell out of Francis Nagano. Nagano might get some shots up, but, but Fury's going to beat his ass. Fury's going to beat the shit out of Nagano. And I mean that. And you mean to tell me that you could fight any of the heavyweights? You could fight Joshua. You could have fought Usyk and got the deal done. Hell, you could have fought Deontay Wilder for a fourth time and got the deal done. Let's be honest, dude. You could have fought Anderson. You could have fought Daniel DeBoss. You could have fought Joe Joyce. You could have fought any of these heavyweights. Any one of them. But you picked a money cash grab with Francis Nogano. <laughs> I will not watch it. I do not support it. I will not even fucking pirate it or watch it for free. I give no fucks about Tyson Fury. I give no fucks about Francis Nagano and them fighting a boxing fight. I like Francis Nagano as an MMA fighter. And I think he belongs in MMA. But this is boxing. There's a difference. There's why, you know, and I got to argue with some ass clown on my Facebook. I'm a fan. He's a good dude, but he, like, I'm not going to, you can go on my Facebook and see it. The guy's a good, but he, he made a status about, if you like boxing or the UFC, then there's something wrong with you. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'd rather sit in the middle of the ring and watch two guys get in the middle of the ring, slug it out, than two guys wrestle on the ground for three to five rounds, lay up on a cage and hug, hug each other. Well, boxers hug on each other for 16 rounds. No, they don't. You don't watch enough, you don't watch enough boxing. Well, boxers aren't as skilled as UFC fighters. Well, no shit. They do multiple things, dumbass. But let me ask you a question. Here's the question for you. I want your answers. If it's so... If, if UFC fighters are so dominant, then why do boxers not go in the octagon? You know why? Because Dana White don't pay nobody. Why do boxers go fight boxers in boxing ring matches? You know why? Because they get paid. <coughs> Excuse me. They get paid money. And I don't understand. Why are UFC fans, MMA fans, so sensitive when you talk about boxing? Why are these hardcore UFC fans so fucking sensitive and so fucking um, just sensitive? Like... How dare you talk about the UFC? Well, I made a TikTok video about Dana White calling Dana White full of shit about promoting. He don't promote gimmick fights. The fuck he don't. You've been promoting gimmick fights the minute you got in the UFC. You've always promoted. You promote the Mayweather-Conor McGregor fight. That's a gimmick fight. The BF title, that's a gimmick fight. Like, shut up. You promote gimmick, gimmick fights. And people lost your mind. And they totally misrepresent what I'm saying. Oh, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You whatever. I'm like, no, no. You stupid motherfuckers not getting the chip and you ignoring the fact that I'm right and you're wrong. Plain and simple. 
I'm sorry. I'd rather watch paint dry than watch the a UFC fight. I'm just that's just not my cup of tea. I respect what they do. I get it. I also respect NASCAR. I respect tennis. I respect golf, guys. People play golf. But I'm not gonna sit there and watch it. It's just not my thing. I would rather watch basketball, football, boxing, baseball before I watch anything else. Hell, I would rather watch fucking I would watch paint dry before I if you ask me if I had option, would you rather watch a UFC event? Or paint dry. I'll probably watch my paint dry. Seriously, because I can figure something else out to do during that time. <laughs> That's just how I am. Now, if I'm at a buddy's house I got on, I'll watch it and I'll get my thoughts and opinion on it and do what I got to do. But nah, man. I, that's just not my thing. And for these people out here, and, and the guy made a comment goes, the only time boxing does well when the UFC's on. No, it doesn't. Because let me tell you something. Dana White... He's had Las Vegas for years to say, right? He promoted that card in Salt Lake City. He wasn't getting T-Mobile. And he knew better not to go against the MGM Grand in that because he knows damn well he ain't going to be able to put... He wasn't going to go up against Bud and Spence. Vegas will always... And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Vegas and New York City and California especially, those three states or cities, states, whatever, whatever, when if there's ever a big boxing marquee fight, they will shove anything else out of the way to make it happen. They will always do that. No matter who, if you get, if you tell me that what they had last night for the BFM title would draw better in Vegas than what fucking uh, uh, than Bud and Spence, you're full of it. In Vegas, shit. Vegas makes money, has made money. They can have anything. Why do you think they promoted Wilder and Fury? Why do you think they hosted Wilder and Fury over anything else? Why do you think they got it? Because look at the look at the house. They drew a mega gate. A gate that UFC has never even touched. And I guarantee you the gate, I'm ready to hear where the buy rate is. If I'd be shocked if it was any less than 3 or $4 million at the gate. I would be shocked if it wasn't last night. People don't realize how expensive you boxing tickets are too. <laughs> but yeah. So once again, congratulations to Terrence Bud Crawford. You have entered the top 5 to 10 category of all time for me. Outside of Floyd, you're the best fighter I've ever seen. I mean, Ali is the greatest of all time. But I'm saying, as and from my eyes, what I've seen in my lifetime is. Whew, that was just, I was just shocked as anybody else, man, last night. I was shocked as can be. So I planned a day to get off the track. I, I planned a day just to talk about this. And I was going to talk about WWE SummerSlam preview, but I saw that saw, saw, I saw that saw, great pun intended. I saw that we have a new Saw X trailer and I want, I sent it to Brandy last night, but I'm going to sit here and hopefully I don't get advertisement. Let's see what happens here. This is how to oh, get is a metabolism killer. This is a metabolism killer. Shut up. Okay, so... If you heard, that was a Metabolism Killer ads. I got to figure out how to get my volume to fit turn on and off. So here we go, guys. Saw X official trailer. And here, as I check, make sure my audio is good. It is good. Here we go. The cancer is still spreading. I'm afraid there's nothing else we can do. There is one person who might be able to help. Our program is a two-pronged treatment outside Mexico City. The results have been stunning. She saved my life. You're in very good hands with us. After that, what happens then? Your whole life happens then. 
to these stands, the tumor was never removed. How much time do I have? Months, at best. I still have a lot of work that needs to be done. Okay, I never thought I'd say this, but I first time in years, I'm actually excited for a Saw film. I'm actually very, very excited. Anybody knows me, I'm not a big fan of the style of horror films that Saw is. Torture porn, basically, they call it. But I will let you know this, I, I can't wait. That looks really, really good. It's basically another reboot inside of this franchise has been rebooted now twice. So yeah. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm looking forward to that. John Kramer looks great to see him back. Very under John Kramer is very as that's one thing I was thinking about Saul. Saul has a John Kramer is a damn good villain. Damn good. Now I will say that my main issue with Saul what made me stop caring about was see people know this but Saul too the needle bed scene it, it just it just it just weird me out and I've watched them I've watched up to about I think Saul 5 or 6 and I just lost touch with them I just started like stopped caring but overall I'm actually very very excited for this I has my attention I think it's gonna be really I think this is has a chance Lion, Lionsgate and uh, Twisted Pictures have had issues with films They've had. I don't think they've had any home runs in a while, but I think this could be a home run. I really believe that they got a really, really good chance to make this work. So yeah, I'm very. I'm. I'm all board with Saw X. I'm all board for it. Opening weekend, I'll be there for sure. All right, guys. So now the main, the last thing to talk about today on the podcast, as I get on my laptop here, SummerSlam. WWE SummerSlam from Ford Field. Batman. (laughs) So anyway, guys. 
So, as you all know, I am going, I've announced I am going to be in Detroit that Saturday for SummerSlam. I am so excited. So, here's what we got so far that are confirmed matches. The main event, obviously, for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Tribal Combat. Basically, it's basically a hardcore match. No rules. Anything goes. Blah, 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 blah. I got Roman retaining, and it's going to be a hell of a match. I can't wait. Semi-main event, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. I'm surprised they haven't added a stipulation to this. Um, I hope they would. I think a Texas Bull Rope match would be really good. I expect there has been rumors that Bray Wyatt is returning. I could see Bray Wyatt returning and costing Cody Rhodes the match against Brock. Overall, I really believe that this is a final, the final chapter of these two, and I'm looking forward to it. World Heavyweight Championship match, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. I expect Rollins to win, and I expect Damian Priest to cash in, beat Seth for the world title, and this starts the, the, um, starts the, uh, the feud of between the Judgment Day kicking Damian Priest out. WWE Women's Championship, Asuka versus Bianca Belair versus Charlotte. I'm torn because I can see EO cashing, even though they've teased it a little way too often. But I also can see, as my sister just texted me at the grocery store, I can see Bianca and Flair having, I can see Asuka retaining and Bianca and Flair working a program together. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. I'm not sure. This is the match I think is going to steal the show. Intercontinental Championship, Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. I think McIntyre gets the win. I think he beats Gunther. I think they're going to have a hell of a match. I think they're going to beat the living piss out. It's going to be great. The match that social media is ready for, all the, the social media, the people going viral. Logan Paul versus Ricochet. I think, I think Logan Paul will beat Ricochet. I think it's going to be a hell of a match, and I think it's going to be a really there's going to be there's going to be some highlights. This is going to be a match where all the internet fans are going to love because they're going to do crazy ass spots. I think it's going to be good. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Baszler, I think, is going to win this because there's rumor that Ronda's leaving. So, so it's whatever. The SummerSlam Battle Royal. So far, they got. SummerSlam so far, they have got um they've announced that for the Battle Royals, LA Knight and Sheamus are the first two stars demand to be in a 20-minute competition. I think LA Knight, this is where we see LA Knight get his push. Uh, also, we got also I forgot the US this, and this is the matches that are room they rumored to add it. And actually, um it was rumored that Kevin Dolan, Sami Zayn versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. But Kevin Owens is hurt, so they're going to take him off television for a while. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez is what they're saying is going to happen for the Women's World Championship. You also got the United States title set to Escobar versus Austin Theory and also Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. So basically, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11 matches at what they say is their second biggest show of the year, even though I think the Royal Rumble should be is their second biggest show because it leads to Mania. But I am very excited for this. I think it's going to be a great show. WWE is, with their premium live events, their pay-per-views, they always will be. But their big shows this year, their, 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 big, their big Saturday attraction shows, whatever you want to call them, I really believe they have not had a bad one all year. Every one of them has been good from the Rumble this year. 
I thought that Elimination Chamber Montreal was great. Obviously, Mania Night 1 and Night 2 was great. Backlash at Puerto Rico was awesome. And Money in the Bank was a damn good show. I expect, and uh, excuse me, and Crown Jewel, uh, Crown, uh, not Crown, um, Crown Jewel was, or Night of Champions, excuse me, that was really good. Then Money in the Bank, it was really good. So I really expect a hell of a show. I will be posting pictures on both of my Instagram and Facebook accounts from the show, posting clips and thoughts. I'm going to drop a TikTok as well on it. I'm also going to do a full review when I get home. I will plan on, plan is I got to drive to Detroit that afternoon after working. So I'm going to drive to Detroit, come back that morning, get to sleep, get up, go work out, come home, and I'm going to record an episode for you that Sunday. Strictly all about SummerSlam. I'm not going to talk about anything else. I'll talk about the trip there, talk about the atmosphere of Ford Field, Detroit, how it was the stadium, and all that. So, guys, once again, I appreciate you guys, like always. I appreciate all the download support. I appreciate your your patience with me as I we've worked. I mean, comparing how this show has started to now, it's just it's it's miles ahead what it was. That being said, everybody, like I always say as I close my show, I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is, straight up. Have a great week, y'all.